0: the White House. That's American Family News for this hour. More news is available online at com. I'm Ron Shank.
1: You were both in skull and Bones, a the secret society. It's so sacred we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? It's so sacred we can't talk about. What does that mean for America? I've got a vision for what I want to do for the country. See, I know exactly where I want to lead. It's so sacred we can't talk about. What does that mean for America? I've got a vision for what I want to do for the country. See, I know exactly where I want to lead. It's so sacred we can't talk about. What does that mean for America? I've got a vision for what I want to do for the country. See, I know exactly where I want to lead. You were both in stolen bones, a secret society. Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net. Around the world and on satellite.
2: Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. This has been quite a week. We were on CNN, uh, featured uh, this last week uh, in a story by World's Untold Story. We had uh, CNN I come out here, that's uh, CNN International, uh, with a producer... Uh, Show Walters uh, who came out and did uh, two days of filming and interviewing uh, for a story with CNN, and uh, it's finally aired. She had to take a leave of absence, uh, a pregnancy uh, or a birthing leave, because she was uh, with child when she was here, and uh, she has a baby girl now that's four months old, and we finally were featured on CNN. Uh, We knew it was coming. We had announced it in the Kingdom Newsletter. Uh, We had no idea what they would do. After two days of interviews, you could put in anybody who knows anything about video editing, you could put together a terrible story that would just make us look like uh, a strange, bizarre group of people. Uh, But they actually did a fairly good job. There were some errors will be... uh, producing a video that will uh, correct some of those errors and uh, maybe straighten out some confusion that some people might have had uh, when they saw the show. And it's still airing. It's going to be on, uh, again, at least one more time on uh, World's Untold Stories, uh, which goes out to hundreds of millions of people all over the world. Uh, I've actually had calls from Africa and We've had people joining in Europe and uh, uh, Asia, uh, so uh, as well as many people in the United States have also seen the video. And the video is actually available on uh, CNN. You can go to CNN.com slash W-U-S. Uh, w U S yeah that stands for World's Untold Stories and that should take you right to the page that has the half hour program. Uh, when it first came out, it wasn't going to come out till last Saturday, but it came out on uh, Friday night, uh, and they actually featured it on CNN.com. We weren't expecting that. Uh, my daughter, uh, up, uh, one of my daughters, had called up and uh, to visit and. We talked for about a half hour, she asked, you know, what's new, and we told her the weather. Uh, you know, it was rainy, it was cold, it was windy, uh, and not much other news. I'm terrible at that little chit chat news. And about an hour later, she called back and she says, when I ask you what's new, and you're on CNN, you tell me you're on CNN. <laughs> well, I didn't even know I was on CNN. I knew the next day we would be. But uh, they had put a picture of me up there, uh, herding sheep, uh, heading out towards the desert. You didn't get to see me, just me from the back and the sheep from the back. And uh, they had actually featured that on CNN, and uh, our website just went off the scales with people coming and visiting. Uh, Fortunately, we've got several different servers, and so it was able to take the load. But Evidently, one of my other daughters looking up something uh, had seen it, and she said, uh, called that one and said, uh, Look on CNN. And why? Well, just look. And and they were both kind of shocked to see me there. Uh, But uh, anyway, we all survived it all the emails and the questions and the phone calls and. And uh, many new members, and we want to welcome all those new members to the network and uh, to anybody else who's listening. Let us know how uh, the sound is on the radio station uh, and how it's coming to you. Send us an email at uh, contact at hisholychurch.org. And let us know, do you get good sound? Are you hearing us clearly? Uh, Have you just joined? Tell us what the comments are. We're going to be talking today in Joshua 22, uh, as I announced uh, on the Living Network uh, through uh, our Dear Network posts that come out of this office to the network. The networks are independent of us, generally speaking, and uh, they can operate between themselves. They can send messages to their local networks, such as in Indiana or uh, California. Actually, I'm not sure California got the Deer Network news. I will uh, send that out at the uh, half hour break if I don't see it come in. Um, but uh, South Carolina, Africa, Europe, they all would get that. Uh, actually, I think Europe didn't get the notice <laughs> either because uh, they've just began to get organized there. Well, we have a... Uh, Uh, contact minister taking over a little bit just to relieve me but uh, because he's from Europe born in Germany and uh, uh, English and uh, been all over Europe had businesses in in different places and so uh, I asked him to kind of watch that group uh, for a little bit but I happen to know he's on the road Uh, He's headed to Minneapolis and Denver, I think he's going to be in, and he can meet with uh, different ministers there. Uh, I believe Paul from Wisconsin may even meet him in uh, Minneapolis. So uh, get on the network and find out where these meetings take place, who's going to be where, and that's that's what the network's there for, to help you come in contact with people in your local area but not lose sight of the kingdom, and that's very important. As the network begins to grow, it's an idea that we should have started years ago. I don't know why. I guess it wasn't in in place Uh, in our minds. God didn't put it there, but suddenly we realize we're not doing this the way the kingdom is, And so we created this network. It's very generic. It's not like Facebook with all the glitz where you get a feeling of community. You have to actually create the community on the ground where you're at. We want you to come into physical contact with others who are beginning to awaken to the whole gospel of the kingdom. And in that contact, you can actually physically put into operation this idea of loving one another. Uh, loving thy neighbor as thyself, not coveting thy neighbor's goods, being a community, a society of people, a peculiar people that actually do not covet their neighbor's goods, do not pray to benefactors who exercise authority, and begin to seek that kingdom by beginning the process of turning around and going another direction, and that is the direction of Christ, the direction of Moses, the direction of Abraham. And that's what the kingdom is really all about. We have a great deal of literature and information, five books on the net. You can get through the network, um, or you can order if you want to order them. Uh, lots of audios. we got got uh, uh, probably 50 to 100 hours worth of audios on uh, keysofthekingdom.info. Uh, you can now hook that up to your iPods and your iTunes. Uh, and get weekly downloads uh, or whenever we can get (laughs) uploads to to send to you Um, we actually have a great deal more audios that we haven't yet had the time to upload Uh, we don't have a paid staff Uh, everything is voluntary everything that everybody does is voluntary you have to support them just like the radio station that is putting us on and other radio programs that we're going to be on this week um uh, they need to have your support if you want to support us that's up to you it's between you and christ i work for christ he supports me and he may support me to your hands he may not uh that's irrelevant to me uh though he may slay me i shall serve him that's what joshua says and we're in the book of joshua today so that that would be appropriate to remind ourselves that's w- what the church is the church belongs to christ uh, that was one of the things they stated in the CNN article, uh, or not in the article so much as uh, in the actual report. There's quite a bit of video out there. Uh, there's the half-hour program, and then there were several teasers that they put up, and then the article itself that was associated with it really featured us rather than the people that it was supposed to be about. So it, it's really given us a lot of exposure and uh, helped us and in the future, we hope to capitalize on this and get on other radio stations and begin to uh, increase that network. We don't want people to look to to us as a central um, uh, rallying point of the whole network uh, alone. We want you to look to your local congregation. And that, of course, is the topic of what Uh, we're going to talk about is I'm constantly my work is to get out there make a little noise shake some cages be an iconoclast try to wake people up think outside the box and then point them towards their local congregations and the possibility of local congregations in their area because that's where true love can take place that's my job But as I push them towards those local networks, I don't want those local networks to forget about the whole network, because that's not kingdom thinking. That's falling back into churchanity. That's falling back into cliqueism, where you got your little group uh, and you're safe, you're secure, the heck with the rest of those. I'll just sit here and let Brother Gregory send people in my local area to me and I'll build a big, safe congregation for me here in my little area. And the heck with Brother Gregory and the rest of the network. Well, you know, you can say the heck with me, I work for Christ anyway, but uh, it's when God says the heck with Gregory that I'm worried about. (laughs) So. the rest of the network is going to be essential, and I don't care if you're in Bulgaria or Romania or germany or or India or Africa uh, or just in three states away, or Canada. Uh, we got Kennedy up in Canada, and we're not getting much noise in Canada those they're very polite people they're not they're not seeing much. We need to get on radio up in Canada. Uh, We've got a few people who have joined from Mexico recently uh, uh, because probably the CNN. We've had some people of interest in South America. We have some people in California that have bought property in South America, and I know other people down in Costa Rica and different places like that. Uh, We need to form that network so that we have people everywhere in every country and every land because the Kingdoms will recognize contact ministers and they'll go on to another group. But it will be networked together, you won't lose contact, you'll have each contact minister in contact with at least two people, and as many as ten or twelve or fifteen people, and you just keep growing from there. Every group, uh, at least here in America, should have uh, three, four, five, six contact ministers based on the size of those groups. Uh, Some of the states are united together, like uh, California, Arizona, and Nevada are all in one group, um, because there wasn't a lot of people in Nevada and Arizona. But as those groups grow, Arizona would have its own group. But they would not lose sight of California, because they would be, the the contact ministers in Arizona would be in contact with the ones in California. And so anything that passed down to the network would pass down to each individual group, and anything that would pass up, any query, any question, any uh, new idea um, that would facilitate or help or aid the people would be passed up to that network. That requires a great deal of individual responsibility, and it requires teamwork. And the society that you have now constructed for yourself requires only a giant bureaucracy, force, fear, and violence to compel you to contribute to the welfare of your neighbor, and then the bureaucracy filters that down in a trickle-down way in which it hands out its benefits, and usually is simply buying the votes and support of the vast numbers of people receiving a government check. Uh, we don't get a government check. So our motivation must be a desire to serve, which is what Christ came to do. And that's what we've come to do. And so what's happened by creating the network in this particular fashion, you don't really progress in the network. You don't get to be a part of the living network unless you reach out to a contact minister and support that contact minister. That mean send them a lot of money. Uh, you know, if he's got two people that he's serving, he's probably not putting that much time into it. But some of the contact ministers are actually doing other things, like Paul setting up the, the audios. He's done a lot of work in that area. Uh, and he can see that, oh, yeah, that may come back to me and help me out, but basically he's out there serving other people. Larry is a dynamo. Uh, Joey is a, in Idaho is a dynamo. <laughs> Uh, and the thing I worry about is they may burden themselves out working too hard but um, there are plenty of other guys who are a part of the sea ministers who don't seem to be doing anything now they may be doing a lot locally but they're not thinking Kingdom and they have separated themselves out and that's fine because we're in a system of uh, free will participation but if you do not reach out to us and help with what we're doing uh, as a as a kingdom, as a peculiar people. Then we will just let you go your own way. We're not going to struggle to build your local group if you're not interested in building the groups in the states around you, in Texas, and the Carolinas, and New York, and, and and Canada, and Mexico. You have to show an interest in that, or we will lose interest in you. Now we may still be there for you. We let you do what you wish to do, but we're not going to struggle and work to build little enclaves that isolate themselves from everybody else. And the reason I uh, um, am speaking about that, and and it relates to what is in Joshua 22, then Joshua called Reuben, uh, the Reubenites and the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandments of the Lord your God. Now what was the commandment? To love thy neighbor as thyself, to be there for your neighbor, to be a part of what he may need, to serve his needs, his true needs, to strengthen him, to bolster him, to rebuke him when he loses sight. But evidently they did not lose sight of their responsibility and did a good job. And now the Lord your God has given rest unto your brethren and uh, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get ye unto your tent, very important concept, we'll talk about that a little bit, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandments and the law which Moses and the servant of the Lord charged you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments, and to cleave unto him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Well, what did Christ say to serve the people? Feed my sheep. Not just your local sheep, but the whole flock. Don't lose sight. I see this out with sheep on the desert. Some little group gets one sheep that's a little bit noisier, a little bit more, and calling a group to him, but that sheep does not see the whole herd. We have one out there called Cora, and uh, she was supposed to go in the stew pot, but the ram got in with her, and she had one more young lamb, <laughs> well, grown very fat this year, but this may be her last year, because Cora bellows to the other sheep and calls them to her. She can't get them all to come, but because she's so dominant, She gets a large group that will follow her, a portion of the herd, and then she just goes off from the herd. She doesn't have the gregarian instinct to stay with that whole herd. She goes off and forms her own little herd and takes them where she would like. I was up on the mountain above uh, the the property there that we're purchasing for the church, and uh, I was up there with a fellow from New York um scott and uh we heard this sheep noise down below at least i did i don't think he noticed it and uh i said that noise is coming from the wrong location those sheep aren't where they're supposed to be (laughs) and so we walked over to the edge of the mountain and looked down the cliff hundreds and hundreds of feet below and down the on the road you could see this little line of sheep coming out the gate and it was the whole flock was coming out the gate and I yelled, "Hey, stop!" And they all stopped. It took a took a little bit because my voice had to travel all the way down to where they were, and they stopped. And they actually, many of them, including Cora, who happened to be in the lead, turned around and looked up at me. And I said, and pointed back to the gate, and said, "Get back in there. <laughs> we're dealing with thousands of acres out here." Uh, and uh, they about two-thirds a little more than two-thirds of the flock turned around and went back down the road and through the gate and stopped on the inside of the gate and looked back uh, at the other sheep that were still standing on the road and i knew who was in the lead because it was that black-faced cora and all our sheep are generally white-faced we kept Cora because she was such a beautiful sheep And she's produced a lot of beautiful lambs, but she doesn't have the gregarious instinct of staying together in the whole flock. She wants, has a little bit of it. She wants her own little flock, but she doesn't care. Once she gets her little groupie, her little group, she's off on her own. She's gonna go do her own thing. (laughs) And she will abandon the rest of the herd. And so there, there I was and I yelled back at Cora. I said, you get back in there too. You could hear her looking up at me. Did one of these blah way off in the distance, and then started walking down the road the wrong way, headed back to where the fields are because that she knew there was some alfalfa there, but there wasn't at that time. It was late late fall and the alfalfa was all gone. So, but she was going to take that herd off there because she knew better than the shepherd. And she knew better than, she wasn't going to stay with the rest of the herd. She had her own little herd, her own little group, and she was taken off. And, uh, you know, I could have stomped the ground, I suppose, and opened it up and Cora would have fallen in. But instead, I grabbed my cell phone, (laughs) and I dialed my son, and I said, Cora's leaving the block with her own little band, And, and so he ran out, jumped in the car, Uh, Headed down the road, but he didn't come alone. He brought the border collie. And when they got near there, he opened up the door, and out come this black and white policeman and the border who charged at the chief and chased them all the way back to the field. we'll get back to Rupert and Joshua.
0: You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at
1: FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest world-renowned economist Robert Chapman right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now
0: listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. Government Takeover of the Church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church. The whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from firstamendmentradio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if
1: not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25, or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com.
2: Welcome back to the Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, we're talking about Joshua and Reuben and the things that uh, were stated uh, to the tribe of Reuben and what is uh, going on in uh, the mind of Joshua when they saw Reuben, or at least that tribe, doing something very unique amongst the tribes of Israel. Now, they had done really well in supporting and backing Joshua, but when you get down to chapter 22, verse 21, we see something else going on. It's exactly what I was just talking about in the earlier part of the show uh, about Korah. It's It's a common thing that we see over and over again in the Bible. We see it in the Old Testament with with Korah, with the tribe of Reuben, or at least we, it appears that we see that. And we see the reaction of Joshua and the other tribes when they see the tribe of Reuben doing what they think they're doing. And we see the same thing happening in the church. And, uh, you know, when we study the whole history of, of the church, which you don't get uh, in most churches today, because it has been concealed and, and actually wiped clean from our historical memory. Uh, there was a vast organization of the church through a network that reached all over Europe to the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You found it in the Franks. You found it in the Teutons, You found it in Ireland and England uh, with tithy men and hundreds of men. And this was this huge network that kept the people free. There were as many people in 176 A.D., uh, living in Europe as it was in 1776 A.D. And the key thing was is that most of them were free people, living without uh, men who called themselves benefactors but exercised authority, without the tyrants and kings who ruled over people. They said things like, we are all kings. And that's what they were. There were no kings because every man was king in his own castle a concept that we hear about but we only really give lip service to because today in most nations everybody is not king they are subjects and servants they are slaves like they were in Egypt not paying one-fifth to the Pharaoh but paying often way more to the Pharaoh and living from the benefits the daily bread offered by those men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority we have gone back to Egypt back to Rome back to Babylon And it's a mystery, Babylon, because nobody hardly realizes it. And when we sense it, we feel the burden, but we don't know how we got here. We don't even know that we are here and that we have gone far, far, far away from the kingdom of God. And the way to get back to the kingdom of God is to turn around, repent, start looking to one another for those social benefits offered by faith, hope, and charity in the perfect law of liberty. How do we do that? Well, we begin by networking, finding others. How do I find others for you? You get me on radio stations like this one and bigger ones and CNN and these other programs, and I'll make the noise and send them to the local network. Uh, So I just sent out, uh, at the break, I sent out to California because I don't believe they ever got the message uh, from the uh, Dear Network message that goes out, you know, once a week or as often as I can remember to do it, uh, to keep the whole network in contact with everybody else and to make people aware that they're not just a little group isolated in this little town or that little town or this little corner of the world or that little corner of the world, but they're a part of a whole network of people. Now many of the people that are joining the network don't have the Spirit of Christ and that's okay because if the spirit of christ is in us they will be filtered out by the nature of the spirit in us they will be filtered out but we must come together there are people who joined the network and said well hardly anybody in my area so i'm leaving well that's not the spirit of christ uh everybody abandoned christ and he didn't quit he kept on going Uh, that is a very important aspect of the character of Christ. And if we're going to put on the name of Christ, we're going to put on the character of Christ because that's really what they're talking about. They're not talking about how his name is spelled. They're talking about the character of Christ, the spirit of Christ living in us. So we are always seeking to serve one another, and we will do a lot of the Good Samaritan stuff. We'll help the guy on the side of the road, even though he's not a part of our network. But if you do not want to be a part of our network, why are we working daily to build your little clique, your little corner of the world, and make you safe and secure in your little congregation when you don't care about the rest of ours? And that's that core complex that we are constantly going to be dealing with, and each of us must guard against that in our local congregation, that we don't become a clique that we are truly servants of Christ. And Christ came because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the whole world might be saved. So therefore, we cannot think simply of our own local congregation. And what we see in Joshua twenty-two twenty-one, then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel. What did they say? Let's go back one more verse. Before we read that, we'll go back and said uh, uh, notwithstanding if the land of your possession be unclean, that's actually two more verses and then pass ye over unto the land of the possession of the Lord wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth and taketh possession uh among us, but rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. What was going on? What they had seen uh, was that the tribe of Reuben had begun to build their own altar, their own temple, their own system that seemed to be separate from the rest of the group. Uh, We go back to verse 15, And they came unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, unto the land of the Gilead. And they spake with them, saying, Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord, That what trespass is this, that ye have committed against God of Israel, to turn away this day from the following the Lord and that ye have builded you an altar that ye might rebel this day um, against the Lord in other words they were building their own network their own system if you have studied the book thy kingdom come or the book uh, uh, the booklet uh, which will be a book if I ever get around to finishing it I've got it pretty well laid out and written but I've got to go through it one more time and I've got all these other distractions But uh, Artifice in Language Land, uh, the Sacrifice of Sophistry uh, goes under many titles and different articles. You will understand that the altars, even under the days of Moses and under the days of Abraham, were living altars, the stones were living stones, they were men who composed these altars. And when you laid your sacrifice upon the altars, you were actually handing them to men. Yes, they did have stone altars, too that physically represented uh, the uh, real altar that was the functioning altar, the living altars of God, which were the men who received the gifts of the people, and then divided those gifts amongst the needy of their society, and in the early days, of course, that meant sheep, but they gave those gifts up entirely to men that they believed represented the character of God good men they trusted. They looked out amongst themselves, picked men they trusted that they believed had the character of God. Now you look out in your country, whether you're in Germany or in England or in America or in one of the states or in Canada or Australia, and you tell me are your leaders manifesting the character of Christ? Are they come to serve? Would they wash your feet if they came to your house? If they aren't that kind of person, they're the wrong leaders for you. And maybe the system by which you are choosing those leaders is the wrong system. And maybe the people you have gathered together with to choose those leaders are the wrong people. They are not a peculiar people. They're peculiar to God. Uh, In other words, they are different from God. There are two words that you see in the Testaments that are translated peculiar in relationship to people. And one means... uh, one thing, one means the other, but we won't go into that now. <laughs> but the the children of Reuben, uh, the, uh, of that tribe, had set up their own system, and it looked like it was like Korah does. It's separating itself. It was probably very similar. It was probably still using the Torah, and probably still uh, using the name Yahweh, and they were probably still doing many of the same things that were written in the book, they didn't suddenly become completely different, but they were separating themselves. They were not being a part of a whole. And uh, it's not being a part of uh, necessarily what Joshua is doing. They were, Joshua already said, you can go back on now. But they weren't being a part of all the other tribes. It was the tribes who came and said, what are you doing? Why are you separating yourselves out? Why are you looking the other way? And the Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth, and Israel he shall know, if it be in rebellion or if in transgression against the Lord. Save us not this day. That we have built us an altar, to turn from the following of the Lord, or if to offer thereunto burnt offerings of meat offering, or if to offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. And if we have not rather done it for fear of this thing, saying, In time to come your children might speak unto you, our children, saying, What have ye done? to do with the Lord, God of Israel. For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you, ye children of Reuben and the children of Gad. Ye have no part in the Lord, so shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, Let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generation after us that we might do the service of the Lord before him and our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings that our children may not say to our children, may your children not say to our children in time to come ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we that it shall be when they should so say to us or to our generation in time to come. It, he continues to repeat this same idea over and over again. And this is Reuben. They're saying, no, that our our altar faces you. That we are not being separate. And the Lord will be our witness that we are not being separated. So Reuben is giving them assurance that, no, we are not separating us out. There's just this border, and there's a long distance, and there's this river that's between us. And so, therefore, we are setting this up to face you to be a part of what you are doing. And we are not separating ourselves out like Cora did. And this was very important that they got that reassurance from Reuben and those that were far away. And the reality is, is if we understood the whole of the history of, of Judaism, it was not central, I shouldn't say Judaism, Israel. Uh, the, what was going on is they were very much located in that particular area, but the promise was wherever the feet of the faithful, the seed of Abraham, which is the seed of faith, Wherever the seed of Abraham goeth, they should possess the land. Now, of course, today nobody possesses the land. The government possesses the land, and you live on it by government suffrage, which we go into in the book of the Covenants of the Gods. You don't own the land anymore. Uh, Therefore, you don't have a right to the milk and honey. Therefore, the the governments which you have chosen for yourselves can come and take not only a major portion of whatever you produce, they can actually take your children. And they can make their instruments of war, and they can make their sons and daughters run before their chariots. The idea of Korah separating itself and the tribe of Reuben that appeared to be separating themselves because they were not participating in the whole of the network of the kingdom at that time. They seemed to isolate themselves. They weren't communicating. They seemed to be setting up their own little comfortable system way over here in in the land of Reuben, and the rest of the tribe they they put their swords on, and they went and said, "What the heck are you guys doing?" And the tribe of Reuben said, "Hey, hey, calm down, don't worry about it. I mean we're with you all the way. <laughs> we're going to stay with the Lord, and the Lord will be our witness, and you will see that we will be a part of what you're doing that we're just setting this up because we're way over here and and things worked out for a while but of course eventually people did divide and this is what happened to the early as i was saying that they were all over europe everywhere the Detchens, the hundreds the uh, tithing and the hundredsmen. uh this was the system that they set up and if a king rose up and then we talk about a night kingdom come and and uh, about 600 a.d And suddenly everybody just came out of the woods everywhere and came from all over and it said, why are you oppressing these people that are way over here, away from us? Because they are free like us and they are our brother under God in freedom and you will not oppress them. And the king retreated and the, uh, the guy who was setting himself up as king backed off because These men were loyal not to some compact constitution or uh, or contract. They were loyal to what was right, that we should all be free souls under God. But a couple hundred years later, when kings started marching back into these valleys, they were unable to stop these kings because we had made other men We had put them up on pedestals of power, and they had learned through things like the Crusades uh, how to move massive armies around at at a single moment, and the network had broken down to the apathy and avarice of local communities who lost sight of the kingdom. And so one community at a time could be crushed under the weight of these armies, it could be moved to this valley and then to that valley and then to that valley. And for, after a thousand years of the reign of freedom in what governments today call the Dark Ages, which weren't all that dark, if the truth be known. I mean, you had Irish monks in 400 A.D. calculating the circumference of the globe. You had uh, uh, men from uh, Scandinavia and from uh, uh, Ireland and from other parts of the Baltics, traveling all the way to America and marking out and mapping the territory. These guys were not in the dark ages of freedom, they were in the dark ages of government, of centralized government, of controlling uh, beast-type government. The Wolf of Rome was now being born again in 1066 and 1090 with Stephen and Debulion and, De and, and uh, uh, Gilliam the Conqueror. They were coming again back into power because they were able to organize their people and march like the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings their minions could march and destroy uh one area after another but that is because we had lost sight of the kingdom of god and we would become complacent in our little communities in our little cliffs in our little valleys in our little enclaves and we forgot about the kingdom and and so when those armies marched in the next valley said well it's none of our concern we're over here. We're safe. We're comfortable. They're not in our valley, and the kingdom was squashed because the kingdom was neglected because we neglected our brother, both near and far. And when they came to our valley, who was to complain? We've all heard that. The, what uh, the, was it? Nimla, I think it was his name. He said they came for the communists and they came for the. Uh, the socialists or whatever I can't remember even how they put it the the Jews and uh, the gypsies and and then when they came for us who was to complain I I can't remember the exact quote but a lot of us are familiar with it and that is why the network must work locally but never lose sight of the whole network and that is because we are thinking kingdoms a kingdom of peculiar people, unselfish, of peculiar people constantly forgiving, A peculiar people diligently striving to do the will of God, the will of Christ, to live as Christ lived, as servants one to each other, sacrificing our blood daily for the life of all, Living by charity, in hope, by faith, according to the perfect law of liberty. This is unique. This is peculiar to the world. They don't believe, most people do not believe that you could actually have a government that operated entirely by faith, open and charity. They don't believe that's possible. Well, you can't do that. you got to have a central government. you got to have a government that forces people to contribute to the welfare of the people. Otherwise, I won't get my benefits. Well, you tell you the truth, you're not going to get them anyway (laughs) because they're going to fail. It is the unrighteous mammon that you are praying for your daily bread from. That system will fail. If you can't see that, I don't know. Wake up. It it's failing as we as we speak. You need to. Be friends with the unrighteous mammon for the time being, but turn around and start seeking more righteous habitations of the Lord. Locally and internationally. At, at your home, and your family, with your neighbor, with your, con- your congregation, with your community. And we set out a way in which to do this and to create the record that you are so that you knew who to go to, if there was if there was a disaster uh, in uh, Houston, Texas, and I don't know all the people that are uh, down there in Pearl Land, and I don't know who to go to for help. Well, I know Larry's there. If there's a disaster up in uh, uh, Idaho, I know Joey's there. And Joey knows other people. I don't know all of who he knows. But that's how the network works. But it only works if you work at the network. And you have to work not only locally, but in the whole network. You have to be a part of that whole thing. And if we get more notoriety and on more radio stations, we're going to push more people to the network. This was a great little um, wake-up call. We've uh, kind of regrouped and organized. We've uh, made new uh, inroads. We've actually been doing a lot of things we're not telling you about, (laughs) anybody about, except for those that are immediately working the inner circle, working on, uh, so that uh, when they're ready, we will share them with those who are working at the network. And that living network is very important. So anybody who is on the network, which you can get onto at hisholychurch.org or his, uh, uh, net or uh, .info, you can go up and join the network in your local area. But when you join that network, you need to pick a contact minister, a personal contact minister from that group. You change it any time you want. No term limits. And uh, yeah, two or three people to pick those. Uh, same guy. and then he becomes a connection to the rest of the network. And then we build from there, tens, hundreds and thousands of people that actually care as much as. Until then, they can see upon your house and those of are on.